Can you think of something dumb that you did when you were young because you didn't have a good grasp of cause and effect? You didn't think through the consequences, and so you went ahead and did it, and the consequences ended up being pretty severe. If you've raised any teenagers, chances are you can think of some examples in their lives. But now you're older, and you have more awareness of the effects of your actions, right? But what about spiritual causes and effects? Are you alert to those? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. And the really amazing thing about Jesus' humility was that every bit of it was voluntary. Is it voluntary? You know, it says he was in the form of a slave. Typically, people who are in the form of a slave are in the form of a slave because somebody enslaved them, right? Somebody forced that on them. Nobody did that to Jesus. He volunteered all from beginning to end. Nobody, you know, in the Roman society, people weren't just lining up. Volunteers weren't just lining up volunteering to be crucified. It just didn't happen. It was forced on them. But if you look at verses 6 to 8, the subject of every single sentence is whom? Jesus. It's it, Jesus always acting. He's the only one acting in verses 6 to 8. Who humbled Jesus? Jesus. Nobody humbled him. He, he humbled himself. Who made him obedient? He did. He made himself obedient. Who took away all his riches? He gave them away. Who took Jesus' life from him? Jesus. John 10, 18. No one takes my life, Jesus said from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. Every bit of his suffering was voluntary. Every moment that Jesus didn't call legions of angels to come and do his bidding was a conscious effort not to. Can you imagine living like that? How, what would that be like? I mean, can you imagine, like ladies, you just, just picture, can you imagine having the power to just snap your fingers and all your housework is done? And never using that power a single time? Can you, can you imagine just having the power to make your body just perfectly fit and, and with a thought and, and never using it? Having the power to end any trial, any hardship, any calamity going on in your life. You can, it, with one thought, you just, just end it. And never using that power a single time? You picture yourself walking uh, from here down to Colorado Springs. That's like... From, from Galilee down to Jerusalem, it's about that distance, walking through a desert from here to Springs, and you've got this huge blister on your right foot, and your knee is acting up, and you're sore, and you're tired, and you're so thirsty, and you're, just, and you're only a quarter of the way there, and you, and, and you know, you could just blink your eyes and be there and never use that power. Jesus had the power to turn stones into bread. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but he also had the power to turn stones into cheese bread. Which is, or pizza. Or, you know, grilled medium rare ribeye with garlic mashed potatoes and those Pillsbury crescent rolls. And, you know, uh, and, and every moment in his life when he wasn't doing that was a conscious effort. Every moment in his life where he decided not to bypass normal suffering, 
was a conscious effort on his part not to do so. See, when we give things up, typically it's a one-time decision. Okay, I'll give this up, and then it's, and then it's gone, and I can't, I can't change my mind. For Jesus, it was a 24-7 act of the will to give up everything. Last week I compared Christ's humiliation to, he's like a five-star general that, that, that outranks everyone, but he walks into the room with a new recruit uniform and he gets hazed and despised and abused and stripped of every dignity and all that by all the men. That's verses six to eight, but that's not the end of the story, right? Because Jesus humbled himself, but then what did God do? I love verse nine. Therefore, God, and, and, and now there's a major shift now Jesus is no longer the subject of any of the sentences. God, the Father, is the subject of the sentences. Jesus is acted upon in verses 9 to 11. So Jesus humbled himself. Jesus made himself nothing. Jesus made himself obedient. That was all his doing. Now after verse 8, Jesus does nothing. God the Father lifts him up. When a baby first comes into the world, the most fundamental thing he has to learn to be able to function in the world is cause and effect. Oh, I fire this muscle and my leg goes up. Fire that one and my arm flies out. That's what they're doing when they're kicking their arms and legs around. I cry, mom comes running. They learn cause and effect. That's how you learn how to function. And the process of maturing as an adult is just learning cause and effect on things that take longer to have the effect, right? A teenager will often make poor decisions because he hasn't learned how to consider the longer-term effects of his actions. The process of maturing spiritually also involves learning cause and effect. And that's harder because the effect is so often invisible and counterintuitive. The most counterintuitive of all is the most fundamental principle of all. If you take action, the action of lifting yourself up, the guaranteed cause and effect result of that will be God will bring you down. And if you humble yourself, the effect will be that God will lift you up. So as you go through your day today, think about the contrast between verses 5 to 8 and verses 9 to 11 in Philippians 2. In Jesus' humbling, it's always Jesus acting. In his exaltation, it's always the Father acting. Whatever you do today, you will take action, and God will have a reaction, cause and effect. You will have multiple opportunities today to lift yourself up to some form of earthly greatness, whether it be having such a clean house that you come off looking better than other homemakers, or your lawn outshines the other lawns on the block, or in a discussion you say something that makes you look smart or funny, or you just want people to be impressed with how you look. There's no end to the different forms of earthly greatness that we strive for. Remind yourself, if I take those actions, there will be a cause and effect response. God will bring me low. You'll also have opportunities today to humble yourself, to serve someone, to elevate someone else, to deflect attention from you to God. Even simply obeying God is an act of humility. Or accepting some hard providence from his hand, that's humility. Each time you do something like that, remember cause and effect. You're setting an action into motion that will result in God lifting you up.
Make it your goal today to take the next step in spiritual maturity, becoming more aware of cause and effect. Father, teach me not to be afraid of people looking down on me. Help me remember that you are a shield around me. You are my glory. You're the lifter of my head. I cry aloud to you and you answer me from your holy hill. Help me spot those opportunities to humble myself in ways that please you. Help me remember this cause and effect law like the law of gravity. Build it into my soul. And help me be alert to those moments when I'm trying to lift myself up. I'm craving some kind of earthly greatness. Help me feel, oh, this is going to result in me being brought down by God. Father, I have friends and family who are unbelievers. The the names that are in my mind right now, Lord, please. Do whatever it would take to humble their hearts, to bow their knee to you. Give them faith to believe this principle. Help help me be humble toward them so your spirit can use that to move their heart to want humility, to see the ugliness of their pride and feel convicted, and to desire humble godliness. I pray for my pastor. Anyone who stands in front of a listening crowd is going to be tempted with pride. Protect his heart, Lord. Don't let him fall for the enemy's schemes. Keep him humble so that you can richly bless his ministry. Help my whole family to be humble, Lord. Let me be an example to inspire them to stoop low and serve and seek kingdom greatness. And when I hear the news and see the horrible things done by arrogant men and women in power, thank you that I can count on your promise to humble them. I pray that it would happen through conversion so that they would have joy in you forever. But whatever the means, bring down the proud, haughty, lawless oppressors who are hurting so many people for their own gain. And for whatever measure of humility that exists in my heart, I know that's by your grace, and so I thank you. Thank you, dear Father, for the faith you granted me, for the spiritual insight, for the love that you put in my heart for you and for your people. Thank you for giving me the ability to enjoy your creation. And thank you for the things you created that are so much bigger than me that they make me feel small and assist in teaching me humility. Thank you for everything you're going to do today to humble me. Help me cooperate with it, Lord, that I might be more and more pleasing to you and more and more useful in your hands. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.